It is always, always, always a great blessing and privilege to be here with all of you at Sacred Heart. Please know that I've actively been working on what I said last time I was here, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I suspect you don't. Uh, it said I asked Father Eckert to throw my name in the hat uh, when it comes time for him to move parishes. Uh, I've even discussed it with him, and he said he's cool with that uh, when we're both ready to leave our current par parishes in 20 to 30 years or so. Uh, but I may just write a note to the nuncio to see if uh, we can move up the date for when they make him a bishop, uh, and then that's when I'll make my move. But it's still probably a little while off, but we'll see. What a wonderful wonderful weekend for the church, huh? The church of Charlotte, this parish. Yesterday, many of you got to see the years of support that you've given Father Balky and his brother, Father Huber, uh, come to fruition as the Diocese of Charlotte and the Church Universal were given the gifts of two new priests, two new priests of Jesus Christ, to be ministers of reconciliation and mercy who will perpetuate and continue Jesus' presence among us in the sacraments of the Church, particularly in the Most Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And today all of us here are blessed to witness Father Balki for the first time as the main celebrant pray the words of our dear Jesus over the bread and wine, which by the power of the Holy Spirit will be changed into the body blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, the miracle of the true presence of Jesus there in his newly consecrated hands. So very blessed are we this morning. Back in 2011, as you all know, or at least those of you born before 2011 know, the church made some changes in the wording of certain parts of the Mass. The response, and also with you, became, and with your spirit. Uh, it is right to give him thanks and praise became it is right and just. And there were other changes that provided a more accurate translation for what is said and prayed every time that we come to Holy Mass. I was in seminary at the time, and my formation director asked me what I thought about the changes. You know, did I like the changes? Did any of them stick out to me, or was there uh, a change that maybe was my favorite? And I shared with him that the change that struck me the most was in the Eucharistic prayer at the moment of consecration. If you remember from the old translation, when the priest would offer the chalice at the consecration, he would say, take this all of you and drink from it, for this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, which will be shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. In the new translation, that word shed became poured out this is the chalice of my blood which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. This might have stuck out to you. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it just became uh, something that blended into the new way that we did things. But it stuck out to me because in my mind, and I think in reality, there is a, a, a very big difference between those two words. And it's one that we shouldn't overlook because in this context... To shed blood can mean anything from, you know, pricking your finger to scraping your knee or even more. While the verb of pouring something out seems to do a, a better job expressing totality. You know, you've gone bottoms up with the jar, that there's nothing left inside of it. Its contents have been poured out. 
There's seemingly nothing left for the giver to give. And again, in this context, this Eucharistic context, which is inseparably connected to the passion of Jesus, this is incredibly, overwhelmingly significant. This concept of pouring out has been highlighted really for us over the past three Sundays, Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, and today Corpus Christi, three feasts that celebrate who our God is. At Pentecost, we celebrated the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles as the church came into being. On Trinity Sunday, we celebrated, we celebrated the self-giving, self-donating, self-emptying nature of the Trinitarian love that we are invited into. And then today on Corpus Christi, we celebrate the ultimate outpouring of that divine love in the sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist, where Jesus Christ pours out and gives to us by the means of his priests the physical and spiritual nourishment of his very body and blood until he comes again. We can describe the Eucharist in this way as the ultimate outpouring of divine love because of what the Eucharist is and because of what takes place at the altar every time that we come to Mass. And because the Eucharist and the passion of Christ are inseparably connected, because they are mysteriously one and the same, we can call the Eucharist this ultimate pouring out of divine love because of where and when we are transported every time that the mystery of the Eucharist is celebrated at the altar. We are transported to Calvary because it was on Calvary where Jesus showed us even after he had breathed his last breath that he still had more to give. As his side was pierced and the blood and water flowed from his side, it was on Calvary where Jesus showed that even after he had expired, he was not done giving himself to us, pouring himself out for us, his bride. And that is why I think it was a good change to move from shed to pour, because there was nothing about Calvary that was a half measure. Calvary was the totality of Jesus' gift of self. All that I have is yours. All that I have is yours, and I give it to you and will continue to. When we stop to think about it as we are, are here focusing on Calvary, celebrating the gift of the Most Holy Eucharist on this feast of Corpus Christi, there's really no greater day on which a brand new priest can offer his first Mass. There's no greater day for him to celebrate what is to be the center and the engine, really, that runs and gives life to his priesthood. There's no greater day for him to celebrate the gift upon which his priestly ministry is to have its foundation and to which he must look during his life as a priest when he has any question or doubt as to what it means to pour himself out as gift for his bride, the church, and for the spiritual children entrusted to his care. And while our secular, secular calendar is not connected to our liturgical calendar, I think it's providential that this feast day falls also on Father's Day as we celebrate Father Balki's first actions as Father, and as we celebrate and thank God for the divine and natural institution of fatherhood. And this is because the Eucharist, Calvary re-presented here at every Mass shows to any man 
any father, any husband, what gutsy, masculine, spousal love is to look like. Death to self, the complete and total outpouring and self-donation, gift of self, for the sanctification, the holiness, and salvation of the bride, the beloved. That is the responsibility of and role of every father and husband, being Christ to their brides. And the selfishness that we see being bred and encouraged in this generation of men is, is one that needs to be rejected in Jesus' name. Men marked with the sign of the cross and claimed for Jesus Christ need to stand up now more than ever and reclaim the gift of fatherhood and true spousal love. The gift of being able to live out in their good, life-giving, masculine selves, the love modeled for us by Jesus Christ on the cross. And Father Balki, as you know, you're not exempt from this. If anything, your example of this ought to be held up for other men to see, for them to emulate. Not putting yourself on a pedestal of perfection, but recognizing that as father, this is the kind of example you are to set. Your life is to be one of self-gift, self-donation, dying to self, spending yourself, pouring yourself out for the holiness and salvation of your bride, the church. For as you know, you were not ordained yesterday to be a, a sacramental functionary or simply some sacrament dispensing machine. But you were configured to Jesus Christ in your ordination, configured to Christ the priest, Christ the victim, and Christ the bridegroom. Priest in that you are the one offering sacrifice, victim in that you are also the one being offered as you give your life in sacrifice, and victim and bridegroom and that the mystery spoken of by St. Paul in Ephesians 5, the mystery of Christ and his relationship to his bride, the church, is to be lived out in your relationship to her, your bride, the church. Husbands, bridegrooms, love your wives as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her. And again, to all fathers and husbands, what does that look like? The cross. That is how Jesus loved his bride, the church. And Father, that is to be your life. That is to be your love. The cross. And that doesn't mean that your priesthood is going to be somehow 100% drudgery or you know, nothing but suffering. Not at all. It will be joyful. It will be life-giving. More than you'll know and more than you're able to see in those moments when you spend yourself but it will require of you nothing short of pouring yourself out in your ministry to spend yourself in total gift to the bride. And in those moments when the cross becomes heavy, where you feel the requirements of this kind of Christ-like love are too much or beyond you, or are asking more of your heart than you think that you can give, take courage. Look to the wounds of love particularly the pierced side of our Savior, the wound that best expresses the totality of that love. The pierced side of Jesus has been for me uh, a, a hiding place, if you will, a refuge. Be 
because it's the wound that gives us access to the sacred heart of Jesus. It's there that you'll find the strength to keep giving. It's there that you'll find the rest that you need. And it's there that his heart will daily make your heart more like his. And at the end of the day, when you've spent yourself, left it all out there for those entrusted to your care, may you, not unlike our Lord after he was taken down from the cross, be placed into the arms of the one who received her son after his gift of self was complete, was finished. The arms of our blessed mother Mary, mother of priests and your mother. Allow her to speak to your heart as her, as her heart spoke to and gave life to the sacred heart of her son as it beat within her womb and as it spoke to and encouraged his heart as she stood at the foot of the cross on Calvary. She is with you now and always will be. And each and every time that you ascend the steps of the sanctuary en route to the altar, en route to Calvary, may the promises that you made yesterday be renewed as you offer the sacrifice of Christ, as you conform your life to the mystery of his cross, and pray his words and unite yourself to them. This is my body given for you, my blood, my life, my love, poured out for you. And know of the gratitude of your bride, who rejoices on this day as you feed them with Corpus Christi, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, as you begin your ministry as his priest, a priest after his own heart. Amen.